Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. Matt Arnold sitting in for Jesse on Monday today. Matt, thanks for taking the time out of your schedule to be with us. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here, Terry, as always. Well, I, right back, Ditto's right back at you. This is the month of May, everybody, as you know. And from the 13th century on, are you ready for this, folks? The Catholic Church has dedicated the month of May to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Now, I don't know about your parish, but here at the Sacred Heart Chapel here in Covina, we had a May procession in the streets of downtown Covina. It was awesome. And I say, I say this, Matt, because people were coming out of their houses and just mm-hmm. waving at us. And we were giving roses out, inviting people to Mass. You know, that we it's just the Sacred Heart Chapel putting this on. Come on over. We, every Sunday and Saturday evening, we have Masses. We had nobody give us the thumbs down. Zero. The community uh-huh. said, we need more prayers like this. I yeah, heard that. I think, well, I think that, yeah, people are hungry for it, for sure. That's great. Yeah, so I want to encourage, if you haven't had your May crowning, ask your pastor at your local parish to do something for the Blessed Mother. Also, um, I want to encourage all of our listeners. Uh, we're going to, in the next week, come out with a new, I'm giving you a drum roll about some catechetical material for children. And wait till you hear what's going to take place. I'm hoping in the next week we can send this email out to our listeners. Yeah, yeah, it should be out in the next day or two. Oh, for in sure. the next day or two. That's even quicker than I. So, folks, you're going to really love this. And today we got a special program. I, I've never seen an article that said, what would happen if we didn't have our smartphone? Matt, is it 2012? Is that the year it came out? 2012, yeah. That's, that was the introduction of the smartphone, absolutely. So we're over 10 years into this. Yes, the year that everything changed. Yeah, isn't that interesting? <laughs> for sure. So we're going to talk about some Catholic students that dumped their smartphone for a whole year. And, li- and let's see what happens. So that's one mm-hmm. topic. Another topic, I feel bad for our, our brothers and sisters in Germany. Uh, mm. Question, Le- they, they, do they stay in the church that is a heretical church, meaning the German church? Um, but here's the problem, they said in this article from the register. They want to be able to receive the sacraments. They want to be able to be buried in a Catholic cemetery. And at the way the, the uh, governance of the church is in Germany, the bishops have decided that unless you are a card-carrying Catholic and your tax dollars commission goes to the church, you're not going to get the sacraments. Very difficult situation to be in. We're going to talk about that. And then finally, I got some great news, Matt. And this, mm-hmm. is, this got me excited. TikTok, TikTok forced to reverse, <laughs> yeah, TikTok, really. TikTok forced to reverse censorship of Jimmy Lai, the video critical of the Chinese government, after a public outcry. Matt, what that tells me is we need to push back on these issues of morality. Whether mm-hmm. it's the Chinese Communist government or our own government or our local government. Yes, our own communist government. And I government. might even add, even in our <laughs> church, when you have problems, let the pastor do him a favor and say, Father, you made a promise. Stick to it. We're supposed to teach what the church has always taught. So this is very inspirational for me. But before we get into any of the uh, topics, we always like to get some soul food. But Matthew, did you have anything on the need to know file? Oh, you know what? I'm actually I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, um, save that for uh, when we talk about these topics that you brought. Oh, back, good, good, I good. think it's gonna tie in. Also, yeah, I just want to uh, sure. to uh, say thanks for for bringing up the uh, the new catechetical stuff for children. It's gonna be oh, yeah. uh, a game changer. I hope for, I hope so. for a lot of people. Oh yeah. Well, you when you get them young, you have them for life. Let's just be honest. Okay, let's get some soul food, as Jesse calls it, the Gospel of John, chapter fourteen. 
verse 21 to 26. Matt, could you do the honors, please? Absolutely. Jesus said to his disciples, whoever has my commandments and observes them is the one who loves me. Whoever loves me will be loved by my father, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. Judas, not the Iscariot, said to him, Master, then what happened that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, Whoever loves me will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, yet the word you hear is not mine, but that of the Father who sent me. I have told you this while I am with you. The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. And that's the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. What a great gospel that gospel of John is. Whoa. Yeah, you know, when I read that this morning, I thought it was a man. What, of course, I say this every day. <laughs> I thought, man, what a great gospel. Mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's, there's actually three things. They're all connected that jump out in this. Yeah. And, you know, John 14, this is part of the, our Lord's discourse to the apostles at the Last Supper. Right. These are yes. this is his uh, the, the, the last uh, chance that he has to to teach them before the passion. Right. And, and, and he said, you notice that the first it starts off by saying that if you want to follow Jesus, you show your love for him by obedience to his commandments. There you go. Right. Uh, yep. You know, you know, the two great commandments, love the Lord, your God, with your whole heart, mind, soul and strength and your neighbor as yourself. Those things come right out of the Old Testament. That's Deuteronomy and Leviticus. Mm -hmm. But later in this same discourse, he will say to the apostles, I give you a new commandment to love one another as I have loved you. See, and we know that he's going to show that love by going to the cross. Yes. So, so it's, it's more than a feeling. It's more than, you know, sentimental words. Love, to love Jesus, is about commitment and conduct. Yes. And if you love Christ, you're going to prove it by obeying his commandments. Well said. Right. That's the first thing. The, the second point. Tell me. Um, the, the, the disciples were still expecting Jesus to establish an earthly kingdom and That's overthrow right. the Roman Empire at this Amen. point. Yeah, they were hoping for that. And so they ask him, they, they can't understand why, why don't you tell the world at large that you're the Messiah? Why, why just us? And it's like, well, of course, it wasn't just that the world wasn't ready to hear that message. They weren't ready Amen. either. You know, they weren't ready to proclaim it, certainly. And that's why he promises the Holy Spirit. And ever since Pentecost, you know, the good news has been proclaimed in the whole world, and yet still, uh, people are not receptive to it. And so Jesus, and this is an important thing, and this ties in with those who love me, keep my commandments. He saves his deepest revelations of himself for those who love and obey him. Mm. And then finally, he promised that the Holy Spirit, you remember he said um, that he will help call to mind everything whatsoever I have said to you, right? The Holy Spirit's going to help the apostles to remember his teaching. And of course, that's part of the reason that we uh, have such faith in the New Testament and in the sacred tradition of the church, because they were eyewitnesses of Jesus' life and teaching. And the Holy Spirit helped the apostles to remember and, you know, without taking away their individual perspectives. So we can be very confident that, that the Gospels are, you know, accurately portray what Jesus taught and what he did, that our sacred tradition tells us, you know, uh, the true teaching of Jesus. As John says later, you know, there, if everything was written down that our Lord did, the whole world couldn't contain the books. Right. Right. But the, the but for you, me, for you and me, mm -hmm. and for you listening, it's important to us because the Holy Spirit can help us in the same way. 
when you read the Bible, when you pray, especially within the context of the liturgy, whether it's the liturgy, the hours, the Holy Mass, mm-hmm. that Holy Spirit helps you to, you know, to plant the truth in your mind and in your heart, to help us to trust God, to help convince us of, of his will and understand his will, and then also to be a reminder when we stray from it and when we stumble. And, and uh, you know, the, the, the next verse is where Jesus says, peace I give unto you, um, my peace I give you, not as the world gives do I give it, because the end result of the Holy Spirit's work in your life and in my life is this deep and lasting peace. Well said, and I'm going to let Bishop Sheen make a comment about love with the quotable Sheen, so let's bring the smartest guy in. Full, full Sheen ahead here. <laughs> and Matthew, this just fits right into the gospel. A lot of times I try to do it, and I don't get to do it every time. But mm-hmm. I believe this really does fit. Bishop Sheen talks about sacrifice and penance and love. He says, unless there is love, sacrifice and penance will be felt as an evil but not when love is there. The point I'm mm. making, Matt, on this is the gospel. He just said this. Whoever loves me will be loved by my father. Uh, you see, mm. the world doesn't understand what love is. They no. think suffering, oh, come on, avoid it at all cost. But we are followers of Christ. We understand redemptive suffering. It goes right over the people's head if they're not tuned in with the Holy Spirit, with the gospel, with the Bible and understanding that uh, we can participate in the salvific work of Christ. And what Bishop Sheen is really just telling us all is that unless you have a supernatural outlook on life, life is very, very tough on people. Because now when we suffer, Matt, we can can be like an atomic power plant in a hospital. How? Because we can unite that suffering with the sufferings of Christ. And again... The world sees this as evil, but we as followers of Christ realize that love is the sacrifice is the language of love. Mm-hmm. Very, very well put. You know, uh, he also mentioned he mentions penance, mm-hmm. and there's been a disturbing trend, I, I think, in in some Catholic liturgies where they want to kind of skip over the penitential act, skip over the uh, you know. Oh the, yeah, I hate that. Go you know, go right to the curia, and yep. it's like, and it's important because, and I know I understand the impulse. I think is that people feel like, oh, I don't want to, you know, it's just humiliating. I don't want to humiliate yeah. myself. Oh, really? But that's not what it's about. You're about it's about entering into the presence of an of an all merciful God. Man. And acknowledging your sin, acknowledging the fact that you're not the saint that that you could be, right? And and that you're entering His presence. It's it should be a cause for joy. And, and not for, for humiliation or sorrow. Well said. This is uh, the Terry and Jesse Show. Matt Arnold sitting in for Jess on Monday. Just so you know, everybody, Father, Ch- Father Charles Murr will be with us next Monday. Matt and him to switch back and forth. Uh, when we come back from the break, um, yes, Matthew, we're going to be talking <laughs> about these Catholic students who dumped their smartphone for one year. And we're going to talk about what happened in that situation. I think it can be applied to us. Stay with us. This is a fascinating topic. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin, most powerful radio. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. What we try to do here, if you're a brand new listener, is that we try to bring a Catholic perspective in all things. We call it a biblical worldview. 
And why? Because we know that that's what we need to be doing, not a worldly view. And so the smartphone, I think Matt said 2012 was when it was uh, introduced to us. And I have a smartphone. Matt and I talk on smart. I'm right here. Mm-hmm. I do yes. use them. I mean, I, I can, you know, many of you people call me all the time or text me or, you know, all <laughs> kinds of things. But um, the Franciscan University of Steubenville students who participated in this unplugged scholarship in its first year, uh, these are the people that we're going to be talking about. These students wrapped up their spring semester. A large group of undergraduates will be heading into the summer significantly changed after participating in the school invitation to drop their smartphones. And here's some of what the responses have been. If he said, if I had way more of an effort on me than I thought it would, Grace Pollock, a sophomore nursing major at, a, at the University of Steubenville, said on May 3rd, Pollock has seen improvement. Are you ready for this, Matt? <laughs> Your mm-hmm. focus and productivity. She spent more time doing outside activities and reading since joining the school's Unplugged Scholarship, which began its pilot run in the fall semester of 2022. I wonder if there's a connection of people not reading books in the last 10 years. I've Hmm. seen the statistics. People are not reading books. It seems gradually less and less. I wonder, uh, well, here's the scholarship. They award $5,000 to this academic year to undergraduate students who gave up their smartphone and students can reapply for a scholarship even if they were selected the prior year. Now, 30 students received the scholarship this year. Almost 170 students signed up for it and applied for it. Mm-hmm. Now, a total of 80 undergraduates gave up their smartphone and met monthly to support one another and share their experiences in the You know program. what? That's, that, that's, that's, really, that's really important what you just said. I'm sorry to, to butt <laughs> no, in, but the, the, thing, the thing that really strikes me is the fact that uh, it, it, it was a pair of uh, alumni. Yeah, uh, I think a husband and wife right. uh, that uh, that put the money up. Yeah, and they only had scholars. It was thirty scholarships available. Yeah, one hundred and seventy kids applied, but eighty kids are doing the program. That means fifty kids That's right. who didn't get the scholarship still do are still you know uh, uh, taking the pledge to unplug Incredible. from their smartphone. Smart move. And that and and that's just which what a good and hopeful sign that tells you there are that there are young people in college right now that are really serious about their Catholic faith to the point that they will take away one of the most important uh, aspects of worldly living right now, which is the smartphone. It's true. And to say, no, I'm going to put that aside uh, to, you know, further my academic career, my, and my relationships, not only with my fellow students, but with God. Well said, Matt. That's huge. It is incredible. That's huge. And you know, I, I love the fact that there's more kids doing it without the scholarship than there are kids that they got the money. Well, that tells you something that they realize what they have is is almost like a slave to them. That they every morning, every day, they're oh, did someone text me? Did someone, uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know? So it's a it's a good thing. You know what? You know what we've been trying to do here. This is another thing that I find in the article. We'll talk about it. But like Matt, let's go to lunch. Set the uh-huh. phone off. And if it's an mm-hmm. emergency, I get it. But, you know, I get hundreds of texts a day. So right. I'm not going to, I mean, I'll eventually get to you. But I, I could be like, wow, man, I mean, like right now, we're on the show. I've got texts just now. Mm-hmm. This is not, this is what. Well, in kids, they sign up for all sorts of stuff. They get all, they get notifications all right. day long. That's right, all day long. Yeah. 
All right. Well, here's what they said. This scholarship is intended to help students gain independence from their smartphones and is a part of a larger initiative launched by the Human Utility Foundation, which was created for the sole purpose of helping humans engage with reality by gaining control of their digital universe. Now, isn't that interesting? He said, we value a life lived fully, a life connected to meaningful engagements with self, other, and God. He said, you know, this article doesn't talk about it, Matt, but I wonder how many people vicariously live their life just with this smartphone, whether it's well, you know, saying things that aren't true but making them feel good about, hey, I did sure. this. Or, or making them feel uh, with, with the reverse of that, unfortunately, is true for many young people is yeah. making them feel bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's already bad enough for teenage girls in, in you know, the modern world that they have yeah. magazines and, and celebrity, sure. you know, uh, whatever to uh, to compare themselves unfavorably to. But now it's 24 seven coming right into into this thing. I I, uh, I coined the term diabolical rectangle sometimes <laughs> back. Um, but I think I think that I'm switching that out now. It occurred to me this morning. It's it's the idol in your pocket. Idol in your pocket. Okay, make a note of that. Because people, you know, people turn to that because you just mentioned it. That one of the kids in the article said that she's so much more aware now that she's nuts and have the smartphone. She's yeah, when she's trying to talk to somebody, they're constantly looking at their phone. Yeah, exactly. Because they're, because they're constantly getting their their things, and it's and it's fear of missing out, right? Kids are afraid. Oh, well, something could be coming through here that's going to be so important. It never is, but maybe the next one will be, right? Yeah. You know? And that is, I mean, it's like idolatry. Yeah, it is. And the, the bad thing, I just, yeah. I read a, an article this morning from the Register. Yes. I was published last week on the 2nd of May, I think, uh, mm-hmm. National Catholic Register. And it was the uh, the numbers from the uh, Center for Disease Control, the CDC. Yes. They did a study from 2011 to 2021. So that's just before the introduction of the smartphone to 10 years after. And they're saying that now, today, they say 42% of high school teenagers in the United States say they feel persistently sad or hopeless. Wow, that's incredibly high. And, and when you break it down by sex, of which there are only two, by the way, I just need to say that yeah. from time to time <laughs> to remind myself, uh, 57% of high school girls, that's a majority, 57% yeah. say they feel persistently sad or hopeless. 30% of them have seriously contemplated suicide in the last year. 30%. And 24%, a quarter of teenage girls say they have a suicide plan. That's phenomenal. That's, that's yeah. terrifying. Now, see, because that's the thing. It's like, like I say, this is a, a time of life when it's already bad enough. And it was already the internet. We've already been dealing with that for 10 years. There was already, uh, you know, social media in the form of, uh, you know, starting with MySpace and then mm-hmm. Facebook and so forth. And they've gone on to these other things. We're going to talk about TikTok later. Mm-hmm. But at one time, it was th- those girls that said that they felt sad all the time. It was still a high number in 2011. It was 36 percent. Yeah, which is a th- more than a third, which is terrible. But now that it's it's more than half. It's a majority, a majority of teenage girls to say that they are sad or feel hopeless all the time. Incredible. And the Center for Disease Control says, well, you know, correlation doesn't equal causation. But they're looking into it. What's the, what is the uh, What's the one thing that they say is mostly responsible? Guess what? It's the rise of social media and the impact on the psychological health, especially of girls, which is why um, there's been this explosion of teenage girls that want to self-identify as boys trapped in a girl's body uh, and so forth, you know, far outstrips the the other way, you know, that 
the handful of boys that seem to want to be transgender are the ones that you know can't make it in their sport apparently and that was a mean thing to say but tough it is tough because you know, it's just because it's because it's just, it I'm, I'm just talking about what I see with my eyes. Yep, well said. But but that's it. But that's a huge picture. And and you know what? It seems to me that the number one issue it's like if you can, if you can't, and I'll, I'll, I'll issue a challenge. Tell us. You know, go for you. Go with, go without your smartphone for a day. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you've got you have a spouse, you have family members, or something. If something happens that you need to know about, you'll find out. Just go without your smartphone for a day. And if you feel weird or anxious or whatever, then then it's got a hold on you that it shouldn't have. Sure. That's a great, great point. But what you said about the young people of today, I'm going to go back another step and say you mentioned this announcement of a catechetical teaching tool for young people. See, mm-hmm. I'm going to say those same people, those same young people haven't been catechized because they don't know the meaning and purpose of life because What's mm-hmm. focusing the meaning and purpose of life is on this cell phone. And that's right. not reality. Well, and that's the thing. Unfortunately, these kids, especially these young girls, mm-hmm. you know, I, our pastor, not our pastor, but the, the uh, priest at our church yesterday when I was at Mass, mm-hmm. he said something that really resonated with me. He said, said raising children is not like training dogs. Yeah. You know, to, to, be, to be Catholic is not just, I mean, knowing your faith is, I mean, that's, you, can't, you can't do it without that. That's the foundation. But it's about wanting yeah. to choose the good, and and it's so hard as a parent or a grandparent. How do you how do you help these children to want to desire the good? Well said. When when they've got twenty four seven temptation to go the other direction. And I think the answer to that is to introduce them to the person of Christ through catechesis, the Eucharist, the Blessed Mother, so they really know what's important. I uh, amen. I share and start this. early. You said something happened to you yesterday, and the priest said, well, at our parish, the Anglican Ordinariate, my three-year-old grandson was, was with me, and uh, Father said something about the passion of Christ. And mm-hmm. our three-year-old son, and I, di- I didn't expect him to be listening to the homily. I mean, you know, three years right, of age, yeah, he's usually years, thinking about old and, yeah. and he goes to Grandma, my wife, and says, Grandma, you have a picture of Jesus with the crown of thorns. I want to see how many crowns are on his head. Now, why would he? Just because the priest mentioned that. So we went to the Stations of the Cross in the church and showed him right there. My, my point is, when these kids have questions about the faith, we need to be able to give them answers. And I think, like I say, I'm teasing everybody, Matt, about what we're going to be coming out with, and that is a catechesis for young children which is going to be very important. But getting back, Matthew, to this point about the smartphone, it's interesting. Uh, the NBC reported that uh, in March, the sale of flip phones was on the rise. I think we call them dumb phones because they're not smartphones. It was on the <laughs> rise in the U.S. for one major flip phone distributor, and uh, it's, it's an Ikea. And it's, uh, uh, they said that... Um, Almost immediately, I noticed that my mind was a lot clearer after a week of not having a smartphone. Another person said this, I could just sit down and pray. And it was so mm-hmm. much easier to be present with our Lord. I mean, think about this, Matthew. The phone has become so uh, prominent in our life that uh, it's taken almost like, you know, we talked about last week about AI, artificial intelligence, it seems that we're being uh, mesmerized by technology. That's my point. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just it. Uh, you know, uh, 
this, I, I call it a diabolical rectangle. I call it an idol. A, you know, a smartphone's morally neutral. It's the way you use oh, it. That's right. And it's the same thing here. I, I often think to myself, uh, I was born in the wrong era because I think I would have, much, would have been much happier if I'd been born in the middle. Now, obviously, God has his plan. I was not born in the Middle Ages for some reason. <laughs> but, uh, and, and I'm fine with that. But, you know, it's the simplicity of life. So now it's something that you have to, if you want simplicity of life, you have to uh, uh, pursue it. Yes. You have to make that decision. You have to say, I'm not going to allow my life to be cluttered with so much uh, information that I can't process it. Right. That's why Catholic media is so important, you know, yeah. uh, to, to go to media sources that focus on the stuff that matters. Yep. And, and not on the stuff just to sell papers. Wow, what a topic this was. Well, we got another good one. We come back, leaving the church to stay Catholic. German faithful face church tax dilemma. And when you hear who put this tax in Germany, I'll give you a hint. It was 1933. Take a guess who was running the country of Germany. Yeah, Adolf Hitler. We come back, we'll talk about that and much more on the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. It sounds weird, Matthew, but leaving the church to stay Catholic, a German faithful faced the church tax dilemma. Again, we've talked about this over the years, that in Germany, back in 1933, Adolf Hitler decided that, hey, if you're Lutheran, you're Catholic, we're going to take a percentage of the income tax that we charge you to go whatever, to go whatever church you're a member of. And that's one of the reasons the German church has been the wealthiest church in the world. And I believe one of the reasons why it failed, because money uh, will corrupt you. I'm just saying, mm -hmm. very unusual that you can handle money without being corrupted. So an increasing number of practicing German Catholics don't want to fund the local church's controversial trajectory in the woke of the Senegal way. But the only way not to pay the church tax is to officially disavow uh, disaffiliate yourself from the Catholic Church in Germany. And it's a risk losing access to the sacraments because the bishops there have said, if you're not affiliated with us on the tax roll there, then we're not going to bury you. We're not going to give you the sacraments, which I think is outrageous. But It is outrageous. But, but that's, that's what they're doing. And, you know, what's really interesting, I say about this, is the idea that... Um, you can, uh, you know, you're, you're a Catholic, you want to live by the perennial teachings of the church, and, you know, this guy named David Rodriguez, he's got dual German and Spanish citizenship. He's lived in Germany for the past 30 years, but he loves his Catholic faith. Now, there are parts, Bavaria and other parts of Germany that are more Catholic uh, than mm -hmm. other parts, but he's a parishioner of a parish in Berlin, and he told the register that the sacraments are like the water I need for my spiritual life. Well, that's a, I never heard that way of saying it, but that, that's mm -hmm. no true, because what can you do without water? You won't live. But, but alarmed by the official-backed German Central Way, which earlier this year accepted an array of resolutions that deviate from the settled church teachings. That's a nice way of saying they're heretics, okay. And desperate <laughs> to stop financially contrib contributing to them, Rodriguez is considering a measure that, according to current church practice in Germany, would put his access to the sacraments in jeopardy. Legally, 
again, taking himself away from the Catholic Church and Germany. So, you know, that's a big dilemma that they're facing, Matt, and I'll let you continue because my, my comment on that is let's get, you know, there's got to be Orthodox priests in your parish or nearby that are not going to say, are you a card-carrying Catholic? Let me show me your tax return. I don't think so. I think they're going to say, here's the sacrament. You want to go to confession? Go to confession. You want to get a Catholic burial? We're going to bury this guy. I'm not going to look for his tax return. Your your thoughts on this? Well, yeah, two things. Um, first, historical perspective. This is essentially a form of simony. That's exactly right. Uh, you know, simony is is to, to pay money for, uh, you know, the blessings of the church. Uh, it's named after Simon Magus from the New Testament, Simon the Magician. Wanted to, to offer the apostles money for the uh, for the power to uh, confer the Holy Spirit. Yep. All right, because he saw people uh, 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 transformed by their confirmation. He goes, "Hey, you know, let let me buy that power from you." All right. And uh, and of course, Peter just you know rendered him an anathema on the spot. Yeah. Because you don't do that. And then, of course, in the Middle Ages, you had uh, people that were um, you had lay investiture. That's that's where you know the the princes were deciding who was going to become a bishop, and then it turned into a, a thing where you know it's like the was going to the highest bidder. Yep, exactly. All right. So Benedict the Sixteenth, he's a German. He's from Bavaria. Yep. Uh, which is you know a traditionally more Catholic mm-hmm. part of the country, and and he was a critic of the the church text, the Kirchensteier, it's called. That's. And and when he was pope, uh, he in two thousand six he actually issued a ruling clarifying that German Catholics who opt out of membership That's right. of the legal entity of the, you know, the church tax are not committing a formal act of defection. I love it. All right. So he's already, he's already said, no, you can't, uh, uh, you know, you can't consider these people excommunicated. Right. He says, I have serious doubts about the correctness of the system as it is. Okay. That's, he has a talent for understatement. Yeah. that's a nice way of saying uh, it. He says the, the, the automatic excommunication of those who do not pay the church tax is in my view, not sustainable. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, but the German episcopacy has Do been, you know, thing. fighting against that uh, tooth and nail. Because, yep. uh, as you say, you know, that that church tax gives them this this guaranteed income, oh. uh, even from people who don't go to the church, but just want to retain their Catholic identity. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, and it's something like eight percent. It's it's pretty high. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, it's it's, it's a it's a significant amount. And of course, that has given them the ability to be very uh, um, influential on the world stage, you know, the German episcopacy without having to, you know, serve their people, so to speak. Well, let me you give know? you an analogy, Matthew. We're a nonprofit organization, and I'm pretty much the knucklehead who tries to uh, talk to uh, benefactors to donate to us. Uh, but as you probably know, and you know this, um, Amazon uh, Prime and Amazon uh, Smiles, they used to give money to nonprofits when we found out what they were doing we said stop it we don't need your money mm-hmm. now uh i'm using this analogy because the german catholics have written to rome and has said please help us we we're, we're looking for some direction can you tell us that we can um you know continue being a parish at our parish and receive the sacraments if we just don't want to support this nonsense, I'm being nice when I use the word nonsense, mm-hmm. yes, right. <laughs> uh, you know, that's going on in our church. And unfortunately, yes. they haven't heard a word. And I think what happens is um, the money that's coming into the coffers in Rome from the German church has a role in this. And I mean this, sadly, that there's pressure that the, the church in Germany is saying, look, we're going to stop our funding if you don't 
let us do what you're doing, wanting, letting, you're not going to let us do what we want to do. I think it's coming to the end because in October when they have their, their, their council, their senatorial process, and they start ordaining women, it won't work, but it won't. Right. That's a formal schism that anybody can just say, okay, we're done. So yeah. I, I just find it sad that, I mean, Benedict XVI told him in 07, I get that, but we need mm-hmm. strong leadership because these lay people in Germany, and I've got several friends in Germany, it's like uh, they're being, um, it's like forgotten because of their orthodoxy. Like uh, they're an anomaly because they actually believe in the inerrancy of scripture. They actually believe sure. in the per- perennial teachings of the church. And that's sad. You know, yeah, it, it is. I, and reading that article, you know, they have the interviews with some of the German Catholics. And yeah. one lady who's a convert, you know, she was an atheist and became Catholic. She's gone, you know, leaving the church is not an option for me. Right. But, you know, she has, the, there's a red line. It's like they ordain women. Yeah. Then they're the ones, you know. And the thing is, I see here, this is a, a not unlike what happened, uh, you know, with the introduction of the new liturgy and stuff in, in, in some places, even here in the United States. Yeah. Where, you know, people who are, you know, their, their grandparents scrimped and saved and, and sacrificed to build a magnificent church. And then, oh, well, it's uh, uh, we have this new liturgy now, so we have to take a sledgehammer to the altar oh, and, and cover up the marble floor with shag carpeting, oh. you know, and that sort of thing. It's like, and, and a lot of people voted with their feet, Terry. Seventy-five percent of the Catholics in this country just don't go to church at all anymore. Yeah, that's sad, too. You know, and it is sad. And the other thing that's happening— and uh, this happened uh, over the weekend or last week. Uh, it was all over my social media because of the kind of company I keep. But uh, the Society of St. Pius X consecrated a new church. I saw that. In St. Mary's Beautiful Kansas. church, yeah. Absolutely magnificent stunning. church. Yeah, it's beautiful, stunning. Um, and you'd think, well, you know, that's not really, a, that's not news. You know, who cares? They, so this little splinter group made a church. But that consecration of that church, over 3,000 people came. Okay, that's more than the entire population of St. Mary's, Kansas, showed up for the consecration of that church. It's now the largest SSPX church in the United States, and it is a sign of the fact that they're growing. Of course they're growing. We've got Catholic dioceses all over the country. They're closing churches, and they're building a huge one, and 3,000 people show up for for the dedication of it. Yeah. You know, and and the thing is, it should be raising questions in the minds of Catholic leaders, especially the bishops. You know, Eric Sammons wrote a, wrote an article about it that was posted this morning on on the Crisis website, yeah. and he he says great, it better great, than I do. Yeah, great. But his thing, why is that growing while well, ordinary Catholic parishes y- are declining? Oh, question. Yeah. Yeah, that that's the question that the bishops need to ask. I, I also today got a email from Bishop Barron Good. on his new church, uh, new little booklet uh, about uh, the Eucharist, mm-hmm. and he's saying, you know, we're having this Eucharist revival. And 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 it was kind of predicated on the fact that in 2019 he addressed his brother bishops and showed them that Kara uh, report about 70 percent of Catholics don't believe in the real presence. It's like okay, that wasn't news. That was that news was 20 years old. That's right. <laughs> you know? I mean, it was already that bad in 2002. Yes. You know why are they suddenly shocked shocked to discover that? You know, I mean, it's like and sometimes it seems like they're disconnected or they're not paying attention. You're but being generous. They, they, and, and, and I can, well, but I, you can see there's a lot of people over the last uh, 60 years or whatever who have left the diocesan structure oh, of the yeah. church and gone to independent chapels or SSPX oh. or whatever, just looking, not necessarily because they hate Vatican II or, or whatever, but they're just looking for a, a liturgy that makes sense and, and you know, a, a, a life, a parish life that's, 
that's Catholic yeah. well, in a traditional way. And word, so I can see that that's that's the kind of thing that I suspect is going to start happening in Germany, probably yes. in a big way. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, in France, you know what the... Uh, <laughs> you know this because you and I have talked after. <laughs> but in France, uh, more people go to a Trinitine Mass than to a ordinary... Uh, Novus Ordo Mass in the country of France. Mm-hmm. That tell you something? Uh, in a couple of years, there will be more SSPX priests in France than there are Novus Ordo clergy. Yeah, you see, this is what, and you know, when I'll tell you what my, my take is on this. We only have a minute. We'll get to our next segment. Sure. My my take on all of this is liberalism never ever uh, grows. Okay, anytime you right. compromise the gospel, which is what Germany has done, this is a model that other churches, other countries take up, and they will have the same results that Germany has. Nobody's going to church. Right, that's the thing. Benedict XVI said it's not sustainable. When I, when my book, Confessions of a Traditional Catholic, came out back yeah. in 2017 or whatever it was, mm-hmm. um, I was on Catholic Answers, and Cy Kellett said, do you think that it's going to continue to grow, the traditional movement? And I said, yeah, because oh. liberal Catholics don't beget more liberal Catholics. They beget non-Catholics. Of course. That's how it works, man. Hey, can you imagine someone who's contracepting? How do you get children when you're contracepting? It doesn't work. <laughs> when you're contracepting the truth of the gospel, that doesn't work either. Hey, when we come back, TikTok forced to reverse censorship of Jimmy Lai video critical of the atheistic Chinese government after public cry. Wow. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation... Call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Jesse's out for today. He'll be back tomorrow. Matt Arnold's sitting in. Matt, I've enjoyed this conversation we're having. Every segment we do, we have a topic to talk about and have a Catholic perspective on it. And I think this is just what Catholics need to do to implement their faith. We have to have answers to the questions of and the, also the attacks on our faith. And one of the attacks on our faith is coming from communist China. The Tic Tac, it's forced, uh, they were, they censorship the Jimmy Live video, which was critical of Chinese government after a public cry. And what's interesting, uh, this, this, what's incredible is that Jimmy Live, you don't know who he is, uh, this gentleman is a pro democracy person who could have left. Uh, China, right? He could have left, but he did. He stayed there to fire back and force you know, in, in, with this. He was a newspaper man, and uh, this move backfired and forced his company to to lift its censorship of of uh, voices critical of the totalitarian government. So what he did is he put this movie out through the Acton Institute, which I know the priest who runs that is a great man, and mm-hmm. um, the film was produced in Michigan, and uh, it was. It was suspended May 2nd, so just last month, this month of May, after it posted video clips from the documentary, The Hong Konger, Jimmy Lai's Extraordinary Struggle for Freedom. Now, the Acton Institute spokesman and film producer denounced the suppression, a series of posts on Twitter saying, no notice was given to us, no warning was given, no explanation was given, but we know why. Tic Tacs, um, paymasters in the Chinese Communist government don't want people to hear the truth about Jimmy Lai. And I, I think this is indicative. I mean, Father Robert Ceruco, he's the 
priest I was telling you about. He's the executive producer mm-hmm. of the documentary. And um, he called the suspension deplorable and predictable, yet truth has a way of, of interring its undertakers, he said. Uh, <laughs> I like that comment because what's happened is millions of people have watched this. And the communist government right. take... They, I, I'm surprised that, I mean, if it was in China, in China, they would say, I don't care what you say. But because this has gone all around the world, they're trying to do damage control. That's how I see it, Matt. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they, they in just over a week, yeah. uh, Action Institute on their uh, TikTok got over 4 million views. That's incredible. Uh, 64,000 likes, 27,000 new followers. Okay, you know, this it was it was a big old deal for them, and then of course their account was suspended. Now now the account's back up, but they still won't uh, allow them to put the videos back. Ah, oh, I see. And that. and and that got the attention of a uh, congressman from Michigan. Good, John Mulnar. Yep. Uh, how are you? He's, it's two O's and two A's, mm-hmm. so it's looking like it's some kind of Scandinavian name. I'm probably mispronouncing it, but um, with apologies to the congressman, John Mulnar of Michigan, said. Um, the, the communist-controlled TikTok, CCP-controlled TikTok, just censored a West Michigan think tank for telling the truth, okay, because Acton's in, <laughs> in Michigan. It says, this is yet another example of how the CCP uses its resources in America to expand its influence over other Incredible. communities. TikTok claims to be independent from the CCP, but this shows otherwise. Oh, yeah. I will continue to work with my colleagues in Congress to ban TikTok or force its sale to an American company. Yeah, that's what we need to do. We, so that, we should never that's, that's have his, any, That's his yeah. response. It's like, we will, e- we will either buy it or we will ban it. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> TikTok has previously censored videos deemed unfavorable to the CCP, such as those sure. who mentioned the 1989 massacre in Tiananmen Square. All kinds of things are banned. See, here's the bottom line. And this is the sad part about China. They persecute Christians, especially Catholics. I was just mm-hmm. with a priest two days ago. Saturday, and he talked about how they were tearing churches down in his country, and the people would still go up on the hill. This is where they built their churches. The people would still go up on the hill after the bulldozers knocked everything down to pray. Because, you Mm. see, they can't take the faith away. They can take the buildings away. But the people in China are, are willing to continue to fight for their faith. I look at the Chinese Catholics, Matthew, as being inspirational to me here in America because they're under tremendous persecution. Yeah, and that's another thing we really need to pray for. We were talking earlier about the, you know, the German synodal way or, or how the parishes are closing while the SSPX is building. Uh, and, and it is. It's a, it, we, we need to pray. We need to, to uh, support our bishops to... Uh, pursue policies that are going to be not only in line with church teaching, but uh, but are beneficial for um, the people in the pew, wh- whatever country they're in. You know, I mean, I'm sorry, but the um, you know the Pope's uh, uh, China policy, or I should say, the Vatican's China policy, because yeah. the Pope, you know, he's a busy guy. But uh, you know, he's not he's not necessarily hands on on every single thing that happens. But but you know, it's it's in a shambles. Yeah. Chinese Communist Party uh, is now, you know, has created dioceses that the Vatican doesn't recognize. They okay. appointed a, a bishop in Shanghai without the Vatican's knowledge, even, yeah. Yeah. you know, uh, at who, and of course a bishop, I'm going to put that in quotes, who's part of the uh, state-approved Catholic Patriotic Association, which isn't the church at all. Yeah, it's And so, you know, I mean, it's like divisions in, in the Catholic Church in China 
Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's already fractured and it's an already fragile communion in that local church. And, um, you know, it, it's like, a, I think the, the policy really needs to be consistent yeah. that's coming on, on the part of the church because, you know, I mean, we have, you've known uh, Many. various bishops and priests from China. I have. And, and, and heard their stories and, yep. and, you know, and we're aware of what's going on there. And yeah, I mean, the church, it's a difficult position to be in. Uh, all of us uh, in the West, whether, you know, uh, religious or, or secular, we need to maintain relations. But at what cost yeah. at, at the end of the day yeah. is the question that, that you know, it hasn't been sufficiently answered yet. I totally agree with you. I want to recommend Stephen Mosner Population Research Institute to stay on top of what's going on in China and praying for our, our brothers and sisters in China. I have a friend here in Glendora uh, who... Uh, told me about her own situation. She migrated about 10 years ago and how they were just so persecuted. And also, I've had friends tell me that even the communist government is changing the gospel and using things that the CCP, the Communist Party, have implemented in to so it reflects not the gospel of Jesus Christ, but, and I won't, I won't say it, the gospel of China. No, that's not good news. Yeah. But their own version of Scripture and putting it towards the communist rule. So, you know, it's atheistic communism. How much do you trust them? I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. Come on. <laughs> well, certainly not not, not to, to properly represent the teachings of our Lord, that's no, for sure. Oh, no. So we just pray for our church that we will, in that uh, agreement, we haven't really even seen it, but we've seen the fruit of it, or lack of fruit of it, with the mm -hmm. persecution of the church. Matt, uh, of course, what? you know, Terry, the, the, I was just want to say the, 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 the good news on all this, every one of these stories yeah. is, is connected. And it goes all the way back to what we were talking about at the beginning, which is loving our good Lord and being yes. obedient to his yep. commandments in your own life. Yep. Because I can tell you right now, I go, uh, you know, uh, Pope Francis put out Traditionis Custodes in what, 2022. Mm -hmm. And it says, oh, no more, no yep. more traditional mass in parish churches. Well, I'm still going to a parish church with a traditional Latin mass. Yeah. And, you know, and my bishop's not in, in schism with Rome or nope. anything. He's just, you know, he's, he's leaning on canon law and, and doing, um, you know, what he thinks is, is best for the people. Yeah. And I think that's going to continue to happen in Germany as well. I don't think, yeah, you're, I think you're absolutely right that there's going to be priests and even bishops who are going to say, no, I'm not going to withhold the sacraments from you right. because you refuse to pay the church tax. Right. You know, I'm not going to participate in simony. I am going to do what I promised to do. I am going to, you know, do my yeah. best to help people get to heaven. That's certainly true in China. It's true in Germany. It's true in the United States of America. Amen. Matt Arnold, take a minute to talk about your show that you do here at Virgin Most Powerful on Wednesdays after the Terry and Jesse show, please. Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It follows the Terry and Jesse show on the Virgin Most Powerful radio lineup uh, every week on Wednesdays at uh, noon Pacific time. It's called No Nonsense Catholic. And we talk about stuff. I, I, I have a tendency to, to uh, have a more historical and liturgical uh, uh, view about things, but we still talk about what's happening in the church and the world and trying to give a, a Catholic perspective that is free of nonsense. <laughs> just try, keep it simple Catholicism, just trying to, to clear up the confusion, because I think in, a, in the world that we live in today, where um, access to good information you know, the, the, the catechism and, and all the papal encyclicals and Vatican II and the Bible and, and the yeah. Council of Trent, it's all online for free. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like we're, we're at a point where people are running out of excuses to be ignorant about what the church really well, teaches. Well, okay, uh, German bishops call your office. Yeah. 
this is a time when when Catholics need to uh, be serious about the faith and stop tolerating uh, nonsense, whether in in whatever form uh, it it may take and and under whatever justification uh, it, it may present. Um, our our good Lord was, you know, I mean, he he made more sense than anybody ever. Of course. And 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 we want to be his followers. I think it's up to us to do the same. Right. And kind of summarize the gospel from the beginning of the show. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care for them. That's right. And so by implementing right. the gospel uh, for our families, our friends, and this is what Virgin Most Powerful Radio is all about. Um, and I, I will say this, never worry about who will be offended if you speak the truth. Really. No, worry about who will be misled, deceived, and destroyed if you don't. And I think yeah. it's uncomfortable for us to have to speak about the problems in our church. It really is. I don't want to have to talk about it. Yeah, that. yeah, that's, yeah, I really me don't. too. But when there's souls at risk, and canon law, the last canon says basically what Bishop Sheen said, if souls are saved, everything is saved. If souls aren't saved, nothing is saved. So it's the most charitable thing to do is to correct your brother in charity, not not mm-hmm. being vindictive or anything. Yeah, no, just, hey, you know, excuse me, Father, this is what the church teaches. I don't know if you're aware of this, but here it is in the catechism. And we need mm-hmm. to just speak up in charity, not not in anger. And don't let this get you angry. Have your peace to know this, that when you live your faith to its fullest, that's what our Lord is, is looking for us all in the faith, is to fall deep in love with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church, and all these other things that we do in, in regards to our faith, they will pop, they will come, and we will do those. Matt Arnold, Amen. what state should we be living in, brother? We should be living in the state of grace, Mr. Terry Barber, and what state should we not be living in? The, the state of mortal sin. We never, if we have, get the confession soon. And Matt, I'd like to always end with Our Lady of Fatima, because we talked about what Bishop Sheen said about love and penance. Mm-hmm. Well, our Fatima message was a reaffirmation of the gospel. And one of the things Our Lady said is that souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices for them. How many friends and family members do we know are outside the church? Quite a few. Let's offer our mm-hmm. prayers and sacrifices for them. They need them. But only if we are willing to say no to ourselves and yes to Christ. And again, we see this suffering as a good thing because we've offered it in union with the sufferings of Christ to help redeem the world. Matt Arnold, I want to thank you again for filling in for Jesse on this Monday. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Folks, listen to Matt Arnold on Wednesdays right after the Terry and Jesse show. May God wish to bless you. And-